Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm a Writer, but. Oh, oh. fuck. Was I supposed to say something? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm Alex Higley. And I'm Lindsay Hunter. And, and I'm, I'm a, a writer. writer, but. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Alex. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? I am. I am. I'm, I'm okay. How about you all? Uh, yeah. I, I think that's like the perfect I am okay for this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> With us today is Kristen Iskandrian, the author of Motherist, um, and stories uh, published everywhere from Tin House to Crazy Horse to Plowshares. Um, her story, The Inheritors, was included in the O. Henry Prize Stories 2014 as a juror favorite. Um, she was born in Philadelphia. She currently lives in Birmingham, Alabama with her husband and two daughters and is the owner of Thank You Books in Birmingham. So she is the epitome of I'm a writer, but thank you for coming <laughs> to talk to us, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. What do you have for us today in terms of, uh, of work you're going to read? So, you know, I struggled because I haven't done a reading of any, of any kind in a really long time. And, um, <clears throat> Actually, the night that our, um, or the day of our grand opening at the bookstore, um, we had a little party. It was sort of an all-day party. And then um, to kind of begin the evening portion of the party, a number of us read. And um, and I, I kind of freaked out then as I'm like freaking out a little bit now because I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like when you stop promoting like the book, you're mm -hmm. sort of like, what else have I done? And mm. um, and I read like this was almost exactly a year ago, a short story that was that had been in Best American. And I even as I was reading it, I was like, this feels so old, you know, and it was, <laughs> yes. and now I'm like, it just feels positively ancient to say nothing of 
Motherist, which feels like it was written in like, you know, the Victorian times at this point. <laughs> so like, I, I, I'm going to read something that's like painfully new and awesome. um, really has not been vetted by anyone. So that I feel <laughs> lucky everyone. I feel so lucky to be experiencing this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is so exciting. Oh, that's, that's kind. You guys are kind. Okay. So this has no title. This is just, this is the novel I've been working on. This is just the very, very beginning um, chapter one. Um, And I think I've timed it correctly, but if I go on and on, just, just flag me down. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I've lost track of where beats fall on the anti-carcinogenic spectrum. They seem suddenly not important enough to justify the mess, the sputtering blender, but it's too late. I've already bought too many of them. On the counter, the mass of peels stains the cutting board. My own hands are stained as well, the beds of my nails purplish red as though I've done a ritualistic murder. The blender stalls, chokes, a big wet chunk suddenly wedged under its blade. I dig in a spoon and move it vaguely, like when people press the elevator button more than once, hoping for some new efficiency. I give it another shake, then continue to jab with the spoon until the mass finally dislodges and grinding and sluicing resume. Rhythmic, awful. Turmeric powder, since I've run out of fresh, ginger, black pepper, and apple, coconut water, honey. It smells suspicious, but looks, I want to say ermine, but that's not correct. It looks royal, luxurious, like the trim of something expensive or the healthy lining of a stomach. Everyone said it, get the Vitamix, but it annoys me, the fact of the Vitamix, a $500 blender that suddenly everyone feels entitled to own. Regular blenders not being able to handle items that have never in the history of the earth been blended is a new first world problem. Pulverizing things like rock hard vegetables on a whim seems to be a new right. Maybe my shitty blender is my stand against blender vanity, smoothie culture, excess, the entire Anthropocene and this, whatever this is. Everything okay, Barb calls. Yes, I'll be in in a minute. I don't know why you go to such trouble, Barb says. And I know she's trying to be kind. And I also know she's the slightest bit embarrassed for my toil, for her condition, her very self, the thing I want most to protect. It's all right. I'm almost done. I get the concoction mostly smooth, save for a few lumps, which I pluck out and eat grimacing before pouring it into a big mason jar and sticking in a glass straw. This is the part that I can feel good about because it's not for me. Every day, this small gift of remembering that I'm not entirely cruel, a nickel in the dust heap that is my general perception of myself. I put it on a tray with a napkin and a glass of water and the 12 vitamins Barb needs to not die. She's in her usual spot on the couch under my grandmother's quilt, the one she'd made for me eight years before she died with my name misspelled embroidered on one corner. She'd made a quilt for every one of her 15 grandchildren and it was known amongst the cousins that mine was the prettiest. 
although I'd always admired Timothy's made entirely out of old jeans. Thank you, Barb said, putting aside Didion's The Year of Magical Thinking. She was determined to read Didion's whole oeuvre this year, despite how many times I told her how not worth it it was to spend one's precious time with such a cold, sanctimonious bitch. <laughs> I'd only ever read half of Play It As It Lays and half of Slouching Toward Bethlehem, and I hated them both. Barb and I could only occasionally share books. She takes a tentative sip, tries to smile. It's great, she says. It's gross, I say. Okay, fine, then you're great, she says. I show her my stained hands in response, waggled my fingers, then wander back to the kitchen to make coffee and clean up, dumping the peels into the compost bin along with yesterday's coffee grounds. Chapter two. <laughs> Hold my... <laughs> oh thank you so much that was exhilarating that was beautiful <laughs> beautiful oh thanks do you really like nice. do, you, do you like to read out do you like to read your stuff I get really nervous and then I I as, as soon as I begin I'm sort of like oh okay we can do this Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I do, I like to read aloud. Like I, I love to read books to my kids. Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love, like, I love when I'm in that mood of reading books to my kids. Like, I think it can be really fun to hear things aloud and to, you know, and to read words aloud. I think I'm just like everyone probably. I'm like, I, I kind of cringe at the sound of my own voice and then I'm doubly, just thinking about like, is this makes sense? Like, <laughs> do these words belong together? You know, but like when, when I get past that, which I usually can, I, I do enjoy it. I'm so glad you read something unpublished and a new novel that continues a tradition that we hope to just continue forever now. Cause everything that's been read on this podcast is from an unpublished novel so far. So thank you. That, I love that. Oh, cool. That's, that's really that's like that's great that people are kind of feeling that yeah that work matters too man (laughs) i'm saying it really and i think it's also because like you have to keep yourself you know engaged and entertained and um this is just what this is what's on my mind right now i sort of feel like you know not to be all like whatever but the death of the work is when it's just all out there right like absolutely just like okay we can let it go now (laughs) do do you like do you have time to write right now um so I I do the thing where I get up early and um I and like I get up early and then like I waste like 80% of the time that I have like you know I just I make the time and then I waste the time I mm-hmm. I'm really good at that um so if I were a machine then yes I would have this kind of like hour and a half a day where I would ostensibly be getting you know like paragraphs written but I just most mornings I just kind of show up really early and like move a few words around and 
Like I might get a little paragraph that I'll probably delete the next day. And, you know, it's just, it's so slow and it's so recursive and I've always been that way, but um, just the shape that my life has taken in the last couple of years, it's especially slow. And I think the only way I can like see anything accrue is when I do it every day. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm always reluctant to say that because I, I think I, I think a lot of writers and people who are sort of trying to write like probably tire of that particular like adage like you you write every day and that's your practice and like you get up with the before the sun and blah 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 it's like (laughs) well that doesn't work for a lot of people like I really I wish I could be I wish I could stay up later I wish I could just bag it all week and then take like five hours on a Sunday and try to get something done like I just think that you know there's there's all kinds of ways but this is what's been feeling the best for me right now and keeping me the most you know, I guess, like, still interested in my work and still having fun with it. Yeah. And to that end, like, speaking of being a machine, don't you feel like the wasting of the time is just as important to the process as the actual writing? A hundred percent. Especially as a parent? Yes. I mean, I, I need that, like, quiet and freedom to waste time. You know, because I can't really do that when I'm making dinner and I can't really do that when we're like struggling through math homework or, you know, I can't be like, hang on, like I have a tweet brewing. Let me just (laughs) (laughs) remove myself and and, and, like think on it for for 11 minutes. But like (laughs) I can do that at 5 a.m. You know, that's that's my business. And like I sort of have to do it. I guess there's a lot of different ways to think about it, but I'm sort of like, I'm smudging the channels, people. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm clearing it all out so that there's something I can access whatever, you know, whatever still exists down there in the, in the plumbing. Mm -hmm. You said a couple things that I thought were so interesting because they've echoed conversations that Lindsay and I have had so closely one was just the fact that you said an hour and a half. That's like a little bit of a, a magic amount of time. I feel like based on what Lindsay and I have been saying, like that's kind of like the, wow, that's a real chunk of time where I can actually get some work done. And then mm-hmm. the, the other thing I'm so curious to know about is what what has actually changed in your day-to-day as far as writing since opening Thank You Books? I mean, is it the kind of thing where, you had to completely change your approach to writing in general, or is it, I mean, were you already kind of waking up early trying to get that hour and a half when you can? And um, It has like, there have been different, you know, different phases. I've gone through like pre bookstore, definitely um, periods of, of doing that early morning grind. And um I I still have, which I don't know how I still have this other job, but I do. I have this part-time managing editor job for a very niche medical journal that my father actually is the editor-in-chief of. So it's a job that I kind of took when we were moving 
from Athens, Georgia to Birmingham as this kind of like, you know, it's like X hour, you know, it's changed over the years, but initially it was like kind of 15, 20 hours a week, a way to have a little money coming in, a way to just kind of be accountable to something. I had stopped freelancing, stopped adjuncting and, um, you know, I still have that job. I really Man. don't, I just, it's because like, I'm essentially like my, my dad's administrative assistant in a lot of ways. I just, and I manage this database and I have figured out how to do it like in odd pockets of time here and there, but mm-hmm. at different periods that has been a little bit more demanding, which is like, you know, necessitated to me the kind of early morning wake-ups I've also in the past like um you know like taken a weekend you know every like four months or something and just like you know I mean like I've holed up at the shittiest hotels just being like this is the greatest weekend (laughs) of my life like my little microwave and like you know the crappy little coffee and I've like just yeah I haven't done that in a while but that's that's been a, a, a kind of like, um, you know, ripcord of parenthood, I guess. Like, uh, and yeah, since the bookstore opened, it's been, I mean, it's, it has been, it's interesting to talk to you now because it's been almost exactly a year. Oh, wow. And, um, and it's been kind of a whiplash year. You know, I, I, I think for a couple of months as we were opening, I was scribbling things down here and there. I was like typing some notes into my phone. I was thinking a lot about ideas that I had and how to shape them and what shape they might take. But I wasn't really like, you know, practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as we opened, like I, I was, I had this fear that, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I'm sure you all have had it too. Like, is this going to go away? You mm-hmm. know, like I remember having that fear um, when we were, you know, becoming parents, I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, now I've really done it. Like, <laughs> like I wasn't really much of a writer before, like now what <laughs> chance do I have? It's just over, you know? And it, and like, you really reckon with that. And it's, there are so many things that go into that. It's like ways we've been socialized and, you know, messaging we've received and the way that like our world works and the way that capitalism works and it's just it's so many things but it's kind of like I don't know it's just very true that like nobody gets to decide that except for you at the end of the day and like for me as long as I could hold on to some tiny corner of a day or a week where I was like writing down stories or even just living in my head a little bit in that world, I felt like, I feel like it's possible, Mm -hmm. you know, like I haven't, um, cashed in my chips. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still, (laughs) still doing it, you know, I'm doing it at like quarter of the speed and whatever, but I'm still here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So this, this past year has seen a lot of different, like, um, just, yeah, I've done the getting up early thing. I've done, I've tried to kind of, we're closed on Mondays. We've always been closed on Mondays. So I've tried to always reserve that day. And 
you know, a lot of times that day becomes the day for doctor's appointments or other things. Mm -hmm. But like, whenever possible, I really try to protect it as like a strictly writing day. And um, as my children have gotten a little bit older and needed me less in certain ways, in certain ways, um, I've been able to, you know, like recently I was kind of like, writing a, a few sentences and like they were around like they were like in oh, the wow. next room I was like what like this what never is never you know it's like <laughs> yeah like usually I'm really like a little precious about that I'm like my like the aura has shifted because my children are afoot you know and at this <laughs> point I'm kind of like whatever they're they're over there like I can finish finish this thought quickly you know so it just it is it is like everything else just evolving constantly yeah I uh I was talking to um a writer who has three kids as well and she was telling me like oh you you know I'm no longer in that same place that you are now Mm. um she her kids were older you know like they didn't you know she didn't need to keep them alive with her body you know and um you know like they they could get a snack for themselves and and it really does you know like you can kind of feel it and I can you know my youngest is two and a half and my oldest is almost eight but you Mm -hmm. can kind of feel it slowly coming back to you these these moments where you can your brain is your own and and I think you know I'm still in the phase where it really is like a moment in the day when I have Mm -hmm. a, a, a brain of my own a mind of my own where someone's not screaming about I need milky. Me needs milky. Or where's my gun? My my middle child's obsessed with Nerf guns. Um, you know, it's like yes. I I'm able to actually think about the work that I'm going to do the next time I have a pocket of time. Yes. Yes. And it, it, For it, sure. It's humanizing. Even as it is parenthood is the ultimate humanizing thing to the point of us becoming animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's we're true. animals. You know. Well, and I think like I've had the conversation with, with some parent writers that I know, and, you know, I, it's hard to really think of myself as like everything about my parenting and, or like the fact of my being a mother informs how I'm thinking about everything else, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, and and that was something that was a conversation I really resisted before I had kids. Cause I was like, that seems like, ty- like a tired thing to say, like, Oh, my whole world view has changed. And like, blah, blah. It, I hate to interrupt and, you, but that yeah. seriously, I think all of us, we go through that, right? Like we sort of reject that. Yeah. That I know that very, I yeah. It's a very academic position to take <laughs> to say that you, you know, you, you, you have your, your, your thoughts that are, that are sort of like disparate from your body, or you have your, you know, your, your thinking and your ideologies and your value system that's sort of disparate from um, any kind of like family ambition. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, Oh, so you're just psycho. Like that's just called being a psycho. Like 
you, you know, if you like, if you suffer the loss of a limb or if you have, you know, some other, like something massive and potentially traumatic befall you, it changes you, you know, it changes your brain. It changes how you think of things. So I think the problem is that a lot of times we're sort of pitted like parents and non-parents are in this unfortunate, you know, position of being pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, well, no, it's just, you know, we're just going to have some different experiences. It's not, it's not about anything that's more virtuous or noble or anything. It's just, it's just simply a fact of the matter, you know, is that I, um, my thinking about the characters that I write about and the themes that I want to address and like how deeply I might want to explore certain topics has been informed by these this choice that I've made, you know, um, to you have s- children. Had you started writing motherist before having kids or had you already had both your children by the time you had started? Writing I, the book? I had one child. Yeah. Um, I had one and I, I was really still in the fog of like, you know, kind of toddlerhood, infancy to toddlerhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I was thinking about, um, it's funny because I think uh, the conversations I've had about motherist is is a lot of times, I think people have assumed that, that, you know, the book came, and this is easy to do. It's a, you know, it's a first person book and, um, you know, narrated by a young woman. And it's just easy to make that kind of like, well, is this, how much of this was about your own experience or like your own thoughts about motherhood and, um, or your own experience with your own mother. And I'm like, honestly, you know, some, but not many, like it's just, it was more that I, I really got, um, I wanted to, to think about, uh, motherhood from a, from a really different, um, place than the place that I myself was in. And I also wanted, I think I wanted to think about daughterhood from that same, um, same place, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I, uh, I don't know. The other thing, you know, speaking of kind of kids gaining a little more independence and, and, and us kind of gaining parts of our (laughs) brain back, um, is I think like, I'm starting to feel like, oh, I think it's probably important for my kids to also know that this is real work that I'm doing, you Mm. know, and like to kind of sometimes at this point, I can kind of ask for um, a minute, you know, like, uh, and they're funny because they're just like, oh, you, uh, what are you doing writing a book? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just real kind of like, yeah, you just sit down, you kind of just like write a little bit of a book and then you, you know, you <laughs> finish chopping up that apple for my snack. It's yeah. good. You know, it's fine. You know, <laughs> but like, I, I'm kind of like, if I'm real squirrely about it, or if I really insist on like complete privacy or like the, this sort of like, you know, like making it something that, that pulls me away at all times, which like, I think, spiritually it sort of does on a certain level then maybe they'll never quite understand what it is I care about you know and I and I do want them to know what I care about and um to respect it 
as work. I think there's something so scary about just having your writing process be out in the open as you're describing and asking for time. And my kids certainly aren't that aren't at that age yet, but still, even with my wife sometimes or friends, I feel like if everybody knows and has a real strong sense of how you go about your work, I, they're going to hold you accountable in a different way. And I feel like it's like, <laughs> Oh man, I better not have this beer or like, I better actually get to work here. Everybody knows you know what's going on so. right right like like where is it where is it Alex? <laughs> exactly where, where is, is this it? work you've been working yeah, on what are you talking about i think also yeah. like it's so important that they see you taking yourself seriously you know and maybe yeah. that's like a personal thing for me but um i think it's easy for parents to sort of shove our needs to the side <laughs> for the yeah. more immediate need of our child um but to sort of like for me <clears throat> you know, even recently I've, I've just been honest, like, well, I'm, I'm going to sit in the car for a while and write, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can't, I, love that. I can't come home and, you know, play chess with you. I have to sit in the car and write <laughs> or, <laughs> um, or yes. Okay. I, you know, I'll pay attention to you in a second, but I'm, I'm just finishing up this thing, this note on my phone or whatever. And yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's just like taking, taking yourself seriously by sort of claiming the moment I think is so important for the kids to see as well. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Even as like my kids don't allow me to go to the bathroom with the door closed. Of course like, not. Exactly. <laughs> no. And it, and it doesn't, um, you know, it's like, I think it's like many things uh, parenting related. It's like, you don't see the fruit of those kinds of efforts immediately. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, they won't, really get it until they get it um but i think it's just that kind of like normal you know like normalize doing it like normalize just like asking for time or or just plain old taking the time or requiring them to to you know you know be, be play elsewhere or forego your need for a snack or whatever it might be so that like i too can exist in this house <laughs> like which yeah, it's I mean, all it's this past you know period of of pandemic living is you know I'm sure presented a whole other like layer of um just needs and and navigating those needs but yeah I do think it's I don't know it's it's sort of uh it's gratifying to me when I, when it feels like they're understanding something about my life. Yeah. And they're readers. I mean, your kids are readers at this point. I mean, so they are. Yeah. Have they read, have they, how, what is their relationship to your work at this point? Have they, do they kind of try and like pick up your book or try and no, ask you about I, I stories? I wonder if, if, and when that'll happen. I know Beatrice, my, my older daughter, she turned 12 just in October and she's definitely like, kind of been like when 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 do you think I can read your book I'm like well I don't know I'll give it a minute uh, <laughs> when I'm dead for example no but I'm like um, you know she uh she's like you, you need to write a kid's book like uh-huh. they do get they do kind of get get it um it was a very like I don't want a tangent but they were at like my book release for motherist um and it's really vivid in Beatrice's mind I think Simone's too but she was a little younger but um I just remember that evening kind of looking out and 
seeing the two of them there and feeling like, I don't know what they're thinking, but for me, I was like, I, it's all, it's all kind of like in the pot, like Mm. my parents, my children, like, you know how it is. It's like, Mm. it's like a weird wedding, you know, where suddenly (laughs) like your life, your life is colliding in all of these meaningful and bizarre ways. And, um, and I, I think that is in some ways what it is to be a writer with a family. It's just, it's just constant co- collisions. <laughs> yeah, my kids um, find my books and see my picture and are basically like, yeah, yeah, you wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else you got, mom? <laughs> my, my, oldest, my oldest son is like, well, are you famous? like why why don't you have this dr seuss award like mo willems does you know and i'm like well um (laughs) it is brutal i mean it is like it's just uh yeah that it's like how they think of it and you know i don't know about you guys but like i um i certainly didn't like grow up really knowing writers or that that wasn't yeah the the world of my house at all um and so i there is like that level of you know like is this a real job you know like when <laughs> like when mike i remember beatrice one time asking me like so mommy like so you write books i'm like <laughs> well i wrote a book like well let's <laughs> you know but uh, yeah okay and she's like, and you, you work with Opa. That's my dad. I'm like, yeah. He's like, she's like, I mean, you help him with the computer. I'm like, <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> she's like, and so like, what do you, like, what do you, and I could tell it was like, she wanted to know what I did, you know, in the same way that like, she could say like, so-and-so's mommy works at Regents Bank. That is what mm-hmm. she does. You know, so-and-so's dad is a doctor or mm-hmm. so-and-so's mom is a lawyer, you know? And I was kind of like, well, I'm sorry. I haven't made it easy for you. There's a lot going on, you know? And I'm still <laughs> like, I'm still weirdly acquiring new jobs and like figuring <laughs> out, you know, what I'm going to be one day. But like any of those, you know, so it it, it meant a lot in, um you know, for like efficacy sake for her to be able to be like, well, you own a bookstore. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Go, go run, tell that, you know, yeah. that's easy enough. So absolutely. Um, now you can say, yeah. you can say, well, Beatrice, I'm a writer, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm mean, a good story. authority that. <laughs> um, in our last few minutes here, um, do you have like a go-to writing prompt? that you like mm. to use or that you've recommended to others? Oh, that's a good one. Um, let's see. Somebody actually just recently asked me about this and I froze a little bit, but um, sometimes I find it helpful to think about like a movie that I love mm-hmm. and to try and like adapt the movie into a story like kind of like use the emotional resonance or whatever it is that I love about that piece um and like try and recreate it you know in language 
because sometimes I think it helps to just like think about the things you love, like just as a very basic prompt, like think mm-hmm. about something you, you love and why you love it. And then like, how can you maybe complicate it or, um, or adapt it? And so I was thinking around, you know, this season, Thanksgiving kind of <laughs> gluttony and preparation and all these kinds of ideas about Babette's Feast, which I haven't Mm. seen in years, but like there was a period of time where I would watch that every so often because it feels like such a short story to me. Mm. Um, So yeah, to kind of maybe think, think of a film or a scene from a film and like how you would transcribe it, you know, just, just steal it, but, you know, create different characters, different setting, but steal the things you love about it. Yes, I love I love that prompt because I think even if you tried to recreate it exactly in your words, it would still be completely different. You know, it would be totally different. Yeah, no one would be able to figure out that came from a Bet's feast. They would just say, "Oh, this is amazing, awesome." Yeah, exactly. Like there's there's only you know there are five stories, right? Like (laughs) exactly, exactly. We just keep writing those five stories in (laughs) infinite ways. (laughs) Yeah. So no, nothing to worry about there. (laughs) nothing to worry about yeah exactly uh before we say goodbye to you Kristen, if someone was gonna order a book from thank you books or a sweatshirt or something what would be the best way to find you guys well thank you for asking that so we um we for non presumably non-local folks we have uh, a web store that's open 24 7 and that's thank you bookshop all one word dot com and all of our inventory, um, with the exception of some of our kind of stationary, um, like writing utensils and those kinds of things, but everything else is shoppable. So our merch and then obviously all the books. And there are like, the, it's a pretty user-friendly website. You can browse, um, you can enter, you know specific things that you're searching for or you can just kind of like browse what um what the different like filters are you'll see them on the left there and um we ship anywhere in the U.S. it's it's not free unfortunately but um it's you know pretty you're (laughs) supporting the USPS I guess (laughs) um and yeah and then it's just it's also nice to just like um when people kind of follow us online, like we have a Facebook page, we're at Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's at thank you underscore Beham, B-H-A-M. Um, and that's where folks can kind of just see, um, you know, what we're up to. I will say that um, in these COVID times, all of our events have moved online. And, you know, the silver lining is that Anyone can attend from anywhere. So that was amazing. That was amazing. She I'm uh, so glad that uh, Kristen was our first guest. She was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always so um, uh, soothing, validating, um, <laughs> exhilarating to hear <laughs> other writers talking about you know just the ins and outs of of getting stuff done or not getting stuff done yeah i was struck by how many things kristen said were almost word for word remarks you had made or just similar approaches feelings 
it was kind of amazing how uh, how in line her thinking was uh, with the way she approaches getting the writing done to things you've said already in just a week, two weeks of doing this. Yeah, we're we out here, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> Have you gotten any work done this week? Mm, I I did last night. Um, I I do this thing where. Every time I'm done writing, I will email myself. I have an account just for saved copies of my writing. And I'll Mm -hmm. put in the subject line, start on 70, start on 80. And so it's a really easy way to see progress, you know, because if it's a five-page jump or a 10-page jump while I'm editing something, it's so gratifying. And if it's you're stuck on 63 for two weeks, Mm -hmm. you feel like shit. Um, (laughs) So I I had a couple like, five page jumps that I was privately proud of myself about. So, you know, chugging. How about you? That's great. Um, I got work done on Monday of last week and then, you know, my kids didn't have school starting Wednesday. Oh. Um, so it's been, it's been cooking and family time and we've been playing a lot of hide and seek. <laughs> which has been really like really fun. Nice. <laughs> like I, I find myself getting like scared, you know, like that old feeling of like, Oh my God, they're going to find me. Oh my God. <laughs> so um, no, I, I would say that I, I got work done on Monday and that was all she wrote. Literally mm. that was all she wrote. Mm. Our version of hide and seek at this point is my older daughter just pretending that mom's not in a room with me and you know, then like being pretending to be surprised when we turn and see her suddenly. So we're at a, we're at an earlier stage of hide and seek currently, but it's pretty nuanced. (laughs) Yeah. We, uh, we put up the holiday decorations. That was a big deal. Awesome. Um, Nice. Yeah. I've been eating pie lots. Oh my God. So much pie. I ate three pecan pies by myself last week (laughs) because I mean, as you know, I work at a place where I can bring home pie whenever I want. And uh, I was putting them on the counter as a way of like, okay, guys, take as much pie as you want. This isn't just for me, but everybody (laughs) just let me go at it. So I did. I have no self-control. I I eat when I'm like bored. I eat when I'm sad. I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I don't know (laughs) what to do with my hands. Sometimes I, I, I stall writing by eating. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I grew up in a house where, like, you, like, stood in the kitchen and, like, shoveled food <laughs> into your face because you were feeling an emotion. Mm-hmm. And, like, eating standing up was such, like, a liberating – like, I remember thinking, like, when I'm a grown-up, I'm going to do that. And so like, I, I think, like, Ben will walk into the kitchen and I will just be, like, going to town on something <laughs> – and I'll just kind of look up from the trough like, what? Huh? Because he has such a, a healthier way of, like, he'll just pick up an apple and eat an apple? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like, know. You could have a spoonful of cream cheese, man. You could have two. I know. It's psycho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I thought of adulthood as I can go to McDonald's whenever I want, and I can order pizza whenever I want. And unfortunately, that childhood understanding has actually stayed with me and uh become problematic it's like it's it's crazy like how excited i'll get like wow we really can get pizza wow Mm -hmm. amazing i know i know know. and it's like 
you know, at least it's not hard drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's I'm, just sugar and salt. Yeah, just the weak stuff. <laughs> I was curious what it was like for you to have the first episode out in the world and get a couple reactions or just have your voice be available for anyone to download. Was I just want to know your feelings about that. Um, I think so. Alex and I are both Aries. And <laughs> I think that makes us bold, but also... Um, uh, like bold kind of cuts both ways, right? Like it's outward and it's inward. Mm. So I think like my um, emotions uh, are, can sometimes surprise me. Um, so I think we talked about this a little bit. It felt really great to put it out. It felt really great to make something with you mm. and, um, and to like be always thinking about it and, you know, like imagining what the next one is going to be like, but it also felt it also felt like it felt similar to putting a book out, right? Like you kind of like you let it go and the the reaction isn't immediate. The um, like it's hard to know what people are thinking about a podcast, especially and especially how people listen to podcasts. It's like they, listen, they don't listen to them right away. As soon as they come out, they save them for whenever they can or when they're cooking. Like that's when I listen to it. Right. Podcast. So I immediately got in my head like, oh, you know, like we're what I'm terrible or whatever, but then we have gotten such great supportive, like feedback, people relating to it so wonderfully. And, um, that to me has been amazing. What about you? What did you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, totally. I mean, I was, I was actually really, um, heartened by the sincerity of some of the responses and just the supportiveness because, I was really in my head about it too, as you were, especially because it felt really different for me than publishing any kind of fiction because the, you know, if it's a buddy and they're like, ah, you're, you keep saying this or you keep doing this. It's like, I wanted to be like, yeah, we got another one coming. Don't worry. Like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to, I'm going to get better. This is the first one. It was almost a, a competitive thing like that is one episode give me a shot yeah. here let me keep going um but also the you know it's you and it's me and mm-hmm. we're not making pretty sentences that snap these are just us this is us stumbling and really talking about our actual lives and i felt <laughs> that was it's uncomfortable for me it's still uncomfortable um Mm-hmm. but but the nature of the responses we got what made me feel like you know what this is this is something we should keep going at this is this is worthwhile mm-hmm. yeah I think it's similar to like I I don't like when I started having babies like none of my friends were having babies mm. and I feel like I've I've like been trying to find like friends who live around me who are also having kids because I don't know if it's normal for like a child too like judith the other day thought it was funny to gag herself (laughs) and we kept telling her like no judy you know like you're gonna and then she barfed and and it was like a whole experiment to see how far she could push it and it and so it's like like little things like that to even big things like my kid seems really anxious it would just be nice to like be able to look at other kids his age you know but it's like i don't i don't have that and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working on that. I'm trying, you know, and it's hard in a pandemic, but it's the same thing yeah. with writing, right? Like it's the same thing with like everything we're talking about. It's just like, is it, 
is this normal? Is this mm -hmm. like, okay? Um, that's totally. And that's, that's what I loved about Kristen's reading is mm -hmm. you hear the opening of that novel. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's a staggering opening to a novel. That is going to, I, I'm going to read that book. And then you hear about how much she has going on in her days and the way she is thinking about parenting, the way she's thinking about running a business and maintaining another job on the side. It's, you know, her days resemble all our days in a lot of senses. And I can't even imagine her days. I could never, I could never run a bookstore. And so the fact that she's able to do all that and, and also give us that unbelievable opening of the book, it's, that's the kind of thing I need to hear because, you know, it's just, I don't know, that kind of little boost is, is, uh, is meaningful to me for sure. Yes, exactly. Do you want to read anything today? Uh, so this, I had a, forgot to mention this. Uh, of course, this is a podcast about writing and forgot to mention that a story I worked on for two years was published this past week. Uh, cause I guess I'm tired. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I had a, had a story published in Joyland. Um, and I'll just read the opening for you. So this is a story called uh, Blue Million Miles. As a girl, eight, nine years old, when Hyun would wake from a nightmare in her small radiator damp bedroom, glowing stars on the ceiling in an invented constellation she'd named Libra Minor, she wouldn't call out. They lived in a third floor walk up a three flat and her window overlooked a slim vacant lot lit by two security lamps installed by an absentee owner. These lamps obscured the sky. Of course, it was all of Chicago's light that polluted her night view, but Hyun placed the blame on these sentinel lamps. Hyun would put her head against the cold window, looking out at the lot, unable to remember the events of her nightmare and try to calm down. That was how the ritual began. Making herself as still as she could, she'd imagine her dad walking into the room. She knew that she had to be absolutely still for it to work. And a minute, three, not more than ten minutes later, there he was. He'd come in the room, and each time she'd play dumb. How did you know? And each time he'd say, I could hear you crying. But she knew the truth. She knew that if she wanted something to be real, she could make it so. And while her certitude had faded, she still had moments, despite all of life happening to her, like it does to everyone, where she remembered what was possible. Yes. And where can people find the rest of that story? So that is at joylandmagazine.com. Excellent. They do really good stuff over there. They do. Yeah. You had a, you had a piece there, what, five, six months ago? Oh man, has it been that long? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm guessing. I did. Probably, and it was actually, right? um, it was actually the first story I wrote after I had my third. And so it was a real exercise in like, can I still, can I still write? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a part of a novel that I'm currently working on um, that I sort of started on a whim because I was so, um, inspired by the podcast version of a Dateline NBC that I listened to. <laughs> and I, um, I guess I have to thank Keith Morrison because he's such, you know, um, he's, he's just inspiring, you know? 
so this is just a really small part. And the reason I'm reading it again is because it's, it was really fun when, when I was writing it and I was kind of shocked at myself and it just feels good to still be able to do that. All right. There was a commercial on TV at around the time they moved in, one of those smeary lens choked up lullaby deals where a woman becomes a mother and thank goodness she chose the correct baby soap because it made all the difference. Because you're a mom now and moms know best. That was how it ended, the voiceover so pleased with herself, it was clear she'd never had children, had only bought into what motherhood was advertised as, which was a total loss of brain cells to be replaced one for one with mammary glands. Motherhood as written by men, in other words. If Jackie had written it, the tagline would have been his shrieked as if over a sleeping baby at a whining toddler. Because you're a mom now, and that means eating an endless serving of shit. What is wrong with me? That's all Jackie could wonder. She passed other mothers out with their children and they hadn't forgotten the wipes or the Cheerios or the sippy cups brimming with juice. They hadn't been caught saying something over their shoulder like, yeah, well, mommy is just a little pissed off right now as Jackie had directly after saying she was going home and Douglas could stay right where he was for all she cared. The other mothers had answers for their children's whys and they giggled when their kids spilled something all over themselves and they didn't walk their brood to a parking lot with an ever-present puddle so they could sit on a bench with their heads in their hands. What is wrong with me? The other mothers seemed to like it so much, seemed to feel like they were in the exact right place at the exact right time, content to let time roll right over them. Meanwhile, Jackie had the distinct opposite feeling. She wasn't where she was supposed to be and she wasn't doing any of it right. And she wasn't okay with how each day felt like a slow hammering into the ground. She was in up to her nose by the time Samuel came along. How do people talk to each other? She'd wonder at cookouts or block parties or passing neighbors at the grocery store got any plans this weekend would send Jackie into fits of panic. What had been about to fly out of her mouth was, do you ever feel the urge to just stop it, just disappear and start all over? I always thought I could have been a librarian in a small town or the receptionist at some insurance office, and maybe I'd be in love with my boss and he'd be in love with me, but we'd never touch each other. I envision a little yellow house with a rose garden and a quiet, 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 just a damn silent and undisturbed life. oh my god (laughs) i love it um yeah so that was fun to write and it was fun to read that one has an engine on it oh my god (laughs) um and i thought we could end with this writing prompt that i came up with in the shower awesome um i've been thinking a lot about like so my middle child is like well he's legendary like people he's always been a legend just based on like my Instagram posts of him and just like who he is in general. Like he's a legend to me. I've never even met him. I mean, I see a train and I think of him. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Like he, he walked out buck naked to just have a chat with the neighbors recently. Yeah, um, so, but he's also, he, he is my most physical and loving and just like heart on his sleeve, like balls out, totally himself no matter what child but he's also he's four and a half so he's he can be very frustrating Mm. and i and i was thinking to myself like if you had to describe your most frustrating child whoa but in a way that like that you were talking about um somebody else Mm. you know like someone that you liked someone that you didn't like someone i don't know just like describe your most frustrating child and then write from there um because I, I was thinking like if I was describing him as I just did to you people, um, 
I would be very impressed by what I heard because he is such a strong beast, you know, like he is just himself. He's just the most himself ever to exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, he's, he's, you know, he's just frustrating in a lot of ways. Um, so I have to get, I have to get out of his way because that's, that's my, those are my issues. But um, anyway, so that would be my, my writing prompt for all of us is describe, you know, some of us only have one child. So describe what is frustrating to you about that child and write from there, like write a character study, write a scene. Don't let it go too long. Let it be 250 words, 500 words, and I would encourage you, if you take our advice, if you take Kristen's writing prompt, if you take our writing prompt, send it to us in our, at, at an email, um, in an email, I'm a writer, but at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we want to, we want to read them and maybe we'll even share them um, in a, in a future episode. Yeah. Um, Cause we want to encourage you guys to work, uh, you know, and find the fun there because that's, that's where you're going to, that's where you're going to shock yourself and find yourself writing the word quiet like 32 times in a row. Right. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try and do that one this week and uh, see what happens. I am, afraid, I am afraid of that prompt though. That is a, uh, that is a loaded one. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening and we've got some exciting guests on the horizon for you. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Writer Butt is recorded by Alex Higley and me, Lindsay Hunter, in our respective basements. Because there's a pandemic out there, please wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Editing by Lindsay Hunter. Music by Max Loop. 